Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. On this podcast, host Bill Hodges has as his guest Gary Velasquez, Chief Executive Officer of Cojitativo. This is not your grandfather's VA, nor is it even that of your dad. The VA is currently on the cutting edge of providing not only up-to-date medical treatment, but also advanced treatment as well. Continue listening to hear how machine learning, or artificial intelligence if you prefer, is being used to provide you with advanced treatment even when you don't know that you need it. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner Radio on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. With every Veterans Corner Radio, you're going to want to have a paper and pencil to write things down. Uh, If you're in the car listening to this on your podcast, Uh, Don't try to write it down. Wait till you get out of the car. If you're at home and there are others in the building with you, bring them in to listen, because it's important that everybody hears this information. Today, this is part of a series that I want to do and that I'm starting to do on this is not your father's VA. Things are changing in the VA and much, much, much of that change, not everything, but much of it is for the better. We've got Telmed now that VA was working on eight, nine years ago, well before the pandemic. And when the pandemic hit, they were ready to go. We've got a variety of other things that have been done in the VA. And this is a new one. In fact, right at the cutting edge of the newest. My guest today is Gary Velasquez. He is the founder and CEO of Cojitivo, and that's a Spanish name. And Gary, it has a meaning. What does it mean? It translates into uh, deep thought meditation. So thinking deeply about a subject. Tell us a little bit about what your company is doing with the VA. You've been doing a a variety of things for some time now. That's correct. Where where did you start with them? What are you doing now? So we started with them was, uh, and Bill, I have to concur with you. Uh, the VA is really pushing the boundaries of advanced technologies and taking care of our most cherished resource. I come from a family of three veterans, combat veterans. So this is a very important function for me personally. And the application of, I'll use machine learning, other folks will use artificial intelligence to help the most vulnerable. And this started a discussion back in uh, late 2020 between myself and Dr. Carolyn Clancy who at that time was running the innovation lab for VHA. And we were doing some work for Secretary Azar. She saw the work, liked what we did. She goes, Gary, I have a different challenge I am worried about. This is right in the middle of the pandemic, you know, late 2020. 
And I said, what's your concern, Dr. Fancy? Because I'm very worried about deferred care. That the vets had not seen a physician, you know, from March 2020 through December. Right. Even with telemed. Yeah, even with telemed. And if, especially if you have chronic care, chronic kidney disease, stroke, MI risk, uh, diabetic complications, telemedicine, in my opinion, is a good supplemental benefit, but it doesn't take, you still have to have face-to-face, have bloods drawn, labs drawn. You have to be seen hands by on. a physician. Yeah, hands-on. And she goes, so I'm worried about that, especially it's a year. And so can we develop a set of you, can you develop some capabilities for us using machine learning to identify and predict of the 8 million, 9 million active VA users who's going to have at risk for disease progression, not hospitalization or mortality, but actually the disease going from chronic kidney disease two to three to four to five, or having a uh, minor stroke, a major stroke. So actual, what they call clinical endpoints. So are you gonna are you gonna progress that next level of disease? Boy, what a challenge! Yeah, and it was a big question. I mean, it, for anybody, and we do a lot of work for some of the larger healthcare entities in the country, not federal. And but to have that come out of Dr. Clancy and a big thought and a big challenge, you know, put me back on my heels. It's like we'd love to help to tackle that problem, and that's what we've been doing. So uh, we worked with Dr. Clancy and her team to set up the challenge question. She had 12 clinical conditions she wanted to attack. Uh, what we decided to do is pick three that uh, start there. And then after we get those three deployed within the VA, work on the next three, the next three, the next three. So the first three conditions that we have developed and have given to uh, the innovation lab with the VA are arteriosclerotic disease, so strokes and MI, chronic kidney disease, and the last is type 2 uh, complications related to diabetes. Boy, that's three of the biggies. Yes, sir. The, the next one we're working on, just to give you a sense, is COPD, so pulmonary related disease. I believe within the VA, if you take those four major conditions that accounts for 60, 70% of the chronic care within the uh, cohort of active veteran users. So we're excited about this work. So far, the early validation work that we're still right in the middle with the VA looks very promising. A fancy word for precision within the uh, this space of machine learning is called area under the curve. So a good prediction for a model, machine learning or AI is like 0.8. These models coming out like a 0.85. So that's a pretty good performance for a prediction model that is being deployed in the VA. So again, this is not just for one part of the country. This is all, uh, all visits, uh, all related to the VA. How does this relate to an individual patient? Yeah. Let's say that I was one of the patients that had any one of those three diseases or the one you're going to next, yep. uh, how does how do the patients currently benefit from that? And is it a, a difficult task to be able to pinpoint these things? No. So I'm going to personalize this because it's you'll see the point here. So I lost my uh, uncle. He had chronic kidney disease about a year and a half ago, World War II uh, Marine combat vet in uh, Guadalcanal. And he hadn't seen his physician at the VA for a year and a half. And his condition worse, yeah, worse and it's not a VA related, it's related to shelter in place. You remember, stay at home, don't move. And he did that. And his chronic condition became worse and we lost. What our system does though, we'll say, okay, and uh, his name's Henry Padilla. Henry Padilla has a very high probability of going to end stage renal disease if this is his GFRs, his kidney function is not um, maintained. He could have a very significant event. 
And so we'll be able to identify and can identify the high uh, probability of that disease progressing down to the individual person. So that list then can be given to the visit, uh, VA medical center, a VA physician to outreach to that veteran to say, look, there's a high probability of advanced progression here. You need to come see me now. Well, let's get well, you on the phone. Let's get a, an appointment and get you to the clinic or we'll send a nurse practitioner or some home-based care services to you. You know, that's interesting because right now, I don't care whether you're talking about civilian world or you're talking about uh, the VA. Doctor shortage is huge. I've talked with a number of the people in the VA right now and hiring doctors yeah. is difficult. And I also talked with a doctor the other day with one of the big uh, primaries, Optum, and they were saying they're having the same problem. So this is putting pressure on doctors who are already in the system. And something like this that comes up with tags that says, hey, pay attention to this, seems to me to be something that's fairly powerful. Yeah, I use this uh, label. We really identify the individuals that need care. And there's a difference between demand. I think, you know, we call this the business of healthcare. I don't like that label, you know, supply and demand. <laughs> I don't think that's the right way to think about healthcare, supply and demand. Because people, if we saw it in COVID, you know, had access to get their car to drive across state borders to get a vaccine, wait in line for eight hours. There's a lot of population that don't have car. They're working three jobs just to put food on the table, but they need care. They need care and they can't get to it. So to me, I like to use the word need. And that's what our model does is identify who needs the care the most, which is different than demand. Where do you get the numbers in order to be able to do that? I know there's like the Million Man Project that I've, I've been a part of almost since its inception, keeping track of what's going on. But that's not an individual thing. How do you get the data you need in order to be able to put together these mappings? Great question. So. When we approach our, the work we do, we always want to bring in strong prior knowledge. So the, the baseline of all our clinical models is peer-reviewed clinical literature. So there's a lot of good research, a lot of good studies. We want to take the benefit of that knowledge and bring it into machine learning. So there's no reason just to look at data and let the math figure it out. So that's the bottom of the stack. On top of that, we have uh, data sets representing 200 million Americans, claims data, and 100 million Americans EMR, electronic medical record data. So that's a pretty robust training set. So that's the next piece up. And then we bring in SDOH data, social determinants of health data on top of that. And then we tune the model specifically to the VA population, because obviously the VA has unique features, you know, combat, non-combat theater service. The interesting part, part Bill, though, when we brought our models from the commercial side into the VA side, you think they've changed quite a bit because of those new features I just talked about. Uh, the models change, but not materially. So what that tells me is this 200 million person uh, data set I have of Medicare, Medicaid, uninsured, unhoused people around the country is a pretty representative sample really? of the U.S. population. So I was surprised by that because I thought the models would have to be tuned quite a bit to reflect the VA population. They had to be tuned a little bit, not as much as I thought so. How does it get down to the individual, though, where you're saying to the doctor, you need to look at this person? Yeah. All our work right now is done inside the VA GovCloud, so we have access to the clinical records for the beneficiaries. It's okay. It's called CDW. So 
all the work is done in a secure environment in the VA. So that's how we have access to fully identified information. Do you have any real success stories of, of people that you, yeah, I suspect you're two layers away from the actual person being treated or, or more than that. Yeah. Uh, but have you got any feedback where, well, golly, we saved this person? Yeah. So uh, again, being the son of a combat uh, ranger, uh, and I got to see the VA take care of my father firsthand, is I know there's multiple channels within the VA. There's a central office, and uh, God bless Dr. Clancy, your team, for this innovation and give us an opportunity to apply this. But I know the, I'll call it the leather on the asphalt. Sorry, I, I apologize a lot of jump boots in my younger days. <laughs> the leather on the asphalt, that's where the value is really created. So I've been going vision by vision, you know, my company educating the VISN leadership and the BAMC leadership on this capability. And uh, the feedback we've gotten so far in the last two months of me doing that has been very, very positive. So now we're starting to work with the various VISN leadership to say, okay, how do you take these insights now to actually get them to the clinical flow within these various VISNs so they can start reaching out to these vulnerable beneficiaries? Now, you have mentioned machine learning several times. Yes, sir. How does this differ from artificial intelligence, or is it just another word for the same thing? It's, it's, it's the same word for the same thing. You know, I would say there's a whole set of uh, technical uh, tests I, I use for a machine, excuse me, for AI, but I think the industry has kind of morphed that into a broader sense, so I'd prefer to use the word machine learning. Because it it's learning from data sets here, uh, and that data set I talked about of 100 million Americans, 200 million Americans, the number of elements this may scare you that I have is about 4 trillion data elements on healthcare. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very large training set. And I suppose it's even growing now. Yes, sir. And then we bring in climate data, environmental data, social determinants of health data. So that's without that. So it's, I'm sure it's 6 or 7 trillion elements. Well, with 170 VA hospitals out there, uh, it's, it's arguably the biggest medical facility in the country. And it's wonderful to know they are looking to the future on a constant basis. Yes, I'm very proud of the leadership uh, shown by the VA and the, the foresight to bring in some advanced technologies to move uh, the needle or boots on the ground forward. So we're honored by that. I've asked you a lot of questions and you've shared good information. Is there one or two? We got about a minute and a half left. Is there anything you'd like to say and as yeah. a wrap up? Yeah, I, I think our, my goal is obviously improve the health of the, the uh, veterans. I think also as we start to say, okay, what's the other use for machine learning? I think one of the interesting inquiries we had a couple of weeks ago was burn pits. Oh, and yeah. As, and as you know, there's a registry of about 1.1, 1.2 million veterans and their DNA. And so this whole concept of phenotype, meaning your health condition, your genotype, your DNA, and then your biomarkers, you know, your health conditions. I think the combination of machine learning, the data sets we have combined with the DNA data sets from the VA, we can really help with that burn pit problem. So we're looking forward to, if we're selected to work on that problem to help the, the country respond to that. For those of you who turned in late, my guest today is Gary Vasquez, and he is the CEO of, and I, I always have a problem with it because my Canadian tongue trips very difficult sometimes over a Mexi or a, a Spanish name, Cojita, Cojita. Gary, go ahead and say it yourself. Sure, sure. it's Cojita Tivo. 
<laughs> anyway, I've really appreciated having you on the program. It's been great to have you here. I know our people are going to be excited to listen and hear about what's going on for the future and right now. It's the perfect time for it. We need it. So thank you for being on the program. Ladies and gentlemen, you're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. We'll talk to you on the next Veterans Corner Radio. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner Radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.